you, Lord. You can be seated for a few moments. We're really at the close today of our service here. And hasn't it been amazing? You know, one Bible writer said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever. Jesus Christ never changes in his care for our lives. Jesus Christ never ever detaches himself away from our lives. And this morning, what we have seen and what we have heard is how Jesus has been involved in people's journey right from the beginning, even when they've been unaware of it. Even, be, even when they've felt far away from God. Sometimes we can feel so far, so removed from God, we can think that He's distant, that He's nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be found, and our experiences and circumstances of life shout at us, where's your God now? Is there anybody that cares? Maybe people around us in our world come with the same voice. You're no good. You made the decisions. You made, made your bed. The, the adage would say, now you lie in it. You made your choices. But you know what? Jesus does care. Jesus does step into the troubled times of our lives. He never turns his back on us. He never walks away. And that is what we have heard so wonderfully this morning. We've heard stories about people and their journey. We've, we've heard open-hearted testimonies about how Jesus has come into the trouble, into the difficulty, into the confusion, into the times that seem so huge and so unmanageable. Do you know, as I listened, and I'm sure as you listened to each story this morning, you reminisced about your story. I certainly did. When I listened to Philippa, to Debbie, to Mark, to John, to Dave, when I listened to those stories, I saw myself in their story. Maybe not in the same situations of life that they found themselves in, but each and every one of us this morning saw our own story in their story because Jesus came into our lives just as he did for them. Jesus made, met us at the juncture of our place of life, at our place of need, just like he did for them. It's amazing. You know, you listen to... Listen to Philippa. She went all the way to Africa to try and sort out the pain, to try and sort out the confusion inside. And Jesus was there to meet her at the other side of her search. A drink problem that she didn't decide to have, but through circumstances and events, she unfortunately fell into that eating disorder do you know sometimes we make choices and we make decisions just because we're just going through stuff and we don't know what to do and we've got to find relief you know sometimes I've heard people be so condescending and so critical about maybe somebody that's on drugs and somebody 
that's drinking alcohol. And I've just gently said, you know what? I think we need to be careful how we criticize people. I think we need to be careful just how quickly we make comments about people because if we went through the situations that they were going through, maybe we'd turn to the drink that they've turned to. Maybe we would shoot up just to get some relief from the trouble and the pain very often that we face. Sometimes people do things that they're not proud of and they get condemned by the world and they get condemned by their family and friends. But do you know why Jesus never condemns us or criticizes us or treats us with the cold shoulder? Because he knows the root cause of all of the heart's need. He knows the root cause and the root issue and the reason why we do the things that we do. We heard from Debbie in a caravan, man. The thing's burning. I mean, it's amazing the situations that Jesus will come into. There is no life situation that you can keep him out of. There is no life circumstance that he is not Lord of. There is no situation that we face in our world and there are a myriad of them that he cannot enter. Oh, how he loves the human heart. Oh, how he loves people. That's what we've seen this morning. A visible demonstration of the love of Jesus walking into people's life. Saying, do you know what? You may have been left on the ash heap. You may have been left out in the cold. You may not have a family to grow up in like everybody else is, is in. But you can come on in to my family. You can come, in, come on in into my fatherly care. We've heard the gospel so, so wonderfully, so wonderfully and powerfully declared through people's life. That's the greatest declaration of the gospel. It's the greatest manifestation of what the gospel is when people talk from their life experience. I tell you now, people can't argue with the reality of somebody's testimony of Christ coming into somebody's life and saving them from alcohol, saving them from drug addiction, rescuing them and helping them and restoring them when there's nowhere to go. All of their stories and all of their pictures and all of their testimonies draw us back to our own life story where we can give thanks to Jesus for what he's done for us. Heard from Mark how he went through, and Dave too, the trauma of not having a family, seeing mum and dad go through tough times and then there's abandonment and the aloneness. Oh God, we live in a city, in a nation where, where people are hurting. And you can criticize and you can be hard about somebody going through something in their marriage and it all ending in divorce. You can come with all of the, the harshness and the criticism and the judgment. But you know what? At the end of it all, after all of your judgment and after all of your correction, there's still two people hurting. There's still two people in need of care. And maybe children and family. I'm telling you now, the heart of God beats for people. 
because he loves them. He wants to save them and help them. And then John, my John, where's John? What a fine young man. What a fine young man. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. John declaring, a young man at the beginning of his life declaring, do you know what? I've, I've experienced that God will never leave you. Whether you're in the fire, whether you're in the furnace, he's even there. Do you know what? For a young man to speak with that kind of authority and understanding, it shows you where he's been in his life. And he's come through the other end. He hasn't given up on God. But pursuing God, and he's a quiet young man. Respectful. You haven't got to be all singing, all dancing, a charismatic clown for God to use you. I'm telling you now. You can be quiet and gentle and unassuming. And God can use you to shake a nation. Because God doesn't need our personality to do what he wants to do. He does it with his grace and his sovereignty and the power of his spirit. Wonderful, wonderful morning this morning. We're going we're gonna to close this service in just a few moments. But I want to bring your attention. It, it's such an apt verse for us to think about and read in the closing moments of this service today. We're going to read from Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, just one verse. And it's an amazing verse and many of us know it. But it says this, and it's Jesus that's talking. It's Jesus that's standing at the door of life. Life has a door. Each one of our lives has a door. And the Bible tells us that very, very clearly. And it, Jesus is talking and he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, here's the promise of certainty and the guarantee of his presence forevermore. He says, I will come in to him or to her and dine with him and he with me. What a statement, what a declaration, what a promise. Jesus visits every human heart. Jesus visits, makes a personal visit and stands at the door of every life. He doesn't send a delegated party on his behalf. The soul, the heart, the human life is so valuable and precious to him that he makes the journey himself. And he stands at the door and he knocks and if there's no answer, it doesn't say that he leaves that heart to work out its own course. It doesn't say that he just turns away in disappointment and disgust and no longer. No, it says he stands at the door and knocks. And the influence is that he keeps knocking. He's not there for a week. He's not just passing through the region. And, and paying, you know, a quick call and a quick visit. No, he knocks at the door. That's the story of my life and your life. If we went around this room today and talked about how many times Jesus knocked on that door repeatedly, 
and committedly, we would find that sometimes in our stories, many of us kept the door closed for years. But as time went on, we would hear the knock, the voice, the call. Let me in. Let me in. I don't come as your critic. I don't come to condemn what's in your heart. I know what's there anyway, but let me in. This is the, the, the unabated call of Christ and his spirit to our lives and to the lost lives around us in this city. Let me in. He's not, you know, like your door knockers, your salesmen that make a quick pitch and then move on to the other estate. No, he knocks and he knocks and he keeps on knocking because the soul, the heart, the life before him may not be worth much in the world in which it lives, but to God, the value of a human heart, one human heart, the value is is worth more than a million worlds, a million corporations, a billion things, just one life before him. And he makes the trip to the heart, to the door, to the entrance of your life. He makes the trip and he stands there waiting, waiting. He's doing that all over this city. Maybe the church isn't awake to it. But the Bible says that God neither slumbers or sleeps. One purpose, one drive, one thought. To build the church and to save the world. Build the church, save the world. Build the church, save the world. Destroy the works of darkness. Bring new life in in its entirety of abundance. Build the church, save the world. Build the church, save the world. If you want to know what's on Jesus' mind, it's not building houses and kingdoms and, and taking over new corporations. It's build the church, save the world. He gave his blood for it. It's passion. Passion. I don't know if you've ever had anybody important turn up at your house. I don't know if you've ever stood in the presence of somebody great. But I want to tell you now, there's somebody important knocking at the door. Oh, I'm telling you now, he eclipses every dignitary. He, di- he eclipses every, every noble person, every monarch that has ever lived. There is one that stands in our presence. There is one that, that takes the trip to the human heart because he loves it. And he stands at the door and knocks. And oh, his beauty. Oh, his brilliance. He is eternal. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. The one that every eye will look upon. The one that every voice will exclaim. He is Lord in heaven, on earth, under the earth. There is nobody like our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And He makes the trip. He makes the journey. He makes the journey to the heart. And He knocks on the door. Do you know what? When you read the book of Revelation 
And when you, when you look around all of the other chapters and all of the other passages that surround this one little verse, you see glorious things, you see majestic things, you see angels crying out the top of their voice, myriads and myriads in heaven praising the King, the exalted King, Christ Jesus. You see so much surrounding this one little verse. You see ultimately the universe being handed over to him as he fills all things. It's the most glorious book. And yet amidst all of that power, amidst all of that exaltation, amidst all of the triumphant atmosphere that's happening in that great revelation of the end times still, Jesus Christ condescends to make the trip to the door of the human heart. He never gets lost in the praise. He never gets lost in the glory. He never gets lost in all of the admiration and the pleasure and the throne on which he sits. He never gets lost from the ache, the purpose of his heart. It's the human heart. Oh, how many persons could easily get lost in the splendor of the revelation that John portrays whilst on the Isle of Patmos. How many could get lost in the power and the authority and all of the entourage that he gets as he enters heaven, but not Jesus, the human heart. And he knocks at that door. And this morning, we've heard very, very graphically and wonderfully how he's come to each and every heart. For me, when I heard it, testimony after testimony, I just went back to my own story. And I saw my story in their story of how he saved me. Oh, how grateful. How grateful we are, aren't we? To his love and his care in our lives. Right now, maybe today, you've never asked Jesus into your heart. You've never prayed a prayer. See, there's a door. There's a door into your life. There was a painter, a famous painter, named Holman Hunt, a British artist. And in 1851, he painted a picture called The Light of the World. We can put it up. The Light of the World. There it is. And it's of Jesus. It's a very famous painting. And it's of Jesus. And he's holding that lantern and that characterizes his, his being as being the light of the world. And Holman Hunt positions him at the door of life, each one of our doors. And his verse that, that he took to paint this wonderful picture is from Revelation 3.20, the very verse that we've read. And there it is, the door that he comes to. 
And as you can see, I don't know if you can see it from, from where you are, but there's weeds and thickets and briars growing up in front of that door. Why? Because it's not been cared for. It's an old door that's had lots of experiences run through it. It's a door that's no longer being opened. Why? Because maybe when it was opened, life just ran through it and ransacked the inners of the heart and left it hurt and broken. And very often that's what happens in our lives. We open the door to people that we trust and they come with great promises, but they ransack our lives and they leave it in a chaotic state. We get hurt and we get pain and we shut the door on allowing anybody else to come in and we bolt it and we lock it shut and we may converse with people on the outside but on the inside. We're tightly shut up and Holman Hunt wanted to depict this because this isn't just something that occurred in the 18th century. This is lifelong generation after generation this occurs Christ is knocking the door when he released this picture people quickly observed that there was no handle on the door and they thought that he'd made a gross mistake I mean a door has a handle on it doesn't it so you can get in and they they questioned him they said listen Mr. Hunt You've, you've painted this wonderful picture of Christ, the light of the world, visiting the door of the human heart, but there's no handle. And Holman Hunt responded, and he said, no, there's no handle on the outside, because this is a very different door. The handle is on the inside. And this verse clearly tells us that the hand that must go on that door is a decision of faith from the inside to allow Christ in. He doesn't put his hand on the outside or push the door or demand entrance into your life. He loves you so much. He would never do that. And we've heard this morning how Jesus has been so patient. Jesus has been so gracious to gently wait, wait, Wait. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, He makes all things beautiful in its time. In its time. You listen to Dave, my God, standing in front of a train, looking into the eyes of the driver of that train, and suddenly, angelic, angelic encounter. God takes him off the tracks. And yeah, it's been a long time. Dave said he has to go through lots of steps. But he's made all things beautiful in its time. In its time. Right now, I'm going to pray. Maybe today, you're going to join me in a prayer to ask Jesus into your life. He set this meeting up for you. For you. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer asking Jesus into your heart. Pray this with me now. And Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will come in because the prayer will actually 
turn the handle from the inside and it will allow him to come in and he will sit with you. He will eat with you. The first thing you'll find is the Prince of Peace. Peace pervading through your life. It's real. It's supernatural. And it's wonderful. A prayer of faith. A prayer of faith will open the door. We're going to pray right now. Lord Jesus, pray this with me. Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart. I open the door. The door that's been closed for a long time. Please come in. Forgive me my sin. Make me brand new. Live inside me, I ask, as you promised to do. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, listen. Maybe the person that brought you, let them know that you prayed the prayer. We would love to meet you. I'd love to meet you who prayed that prayer. Come and talk to us. Keep coming to this place, to this house, to this family. You're part of God's family. You're not alone. And we would love, we would love to know if you prayed that prayer today. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hands, lift their hands up. The Bible doesn't say. Lift your hand up and you'll be saved. It says, believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. If you have placed your faith in Jesus today through just a simple prayer, you're saved. He's in and he's staying. He ain't going anywhere. Amen. Amen.